Well, hello and welcome to episode 138 of The Cool Room. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, David Griffiths. We've got something a little bit different planned for you today as I sit down with some of the team uh, and discuss our recent visit to a whole range of different Sydney breweries. Um, as I say, if this is your first podcast with us, uh, this isn't the sort of thing that we normally go about doing. Uh, we normally have a brewer on and talk to them about some beers which are home-delivered. So make sure you check out our Facebook and Instagram uh, if you'd like to see what's coming up in that regard. Uh, and while we're doing something a little bit different, let me talk to you about a few different beers that we currently have in our Shopify store. In addition to all the tasting packs that we normally have, uh, our logistics gnomes have uncovered some really great fun deeds beers, which are in the special things section of our Shopify store. Uh, there's some Into the Fray, there's Desperate Invocation, uh, and a whole range of other goodies that you don't find many places these days. Uh, check them out and uh, help out the podcast by making a purchase. Uh, it's through your assistance by purchasing beers from us that we're able to keep the podcast on the air and do things like pay for a liquor licence that allows us to deliver tasting packs. Uh, okay, my good friend Dave Croft is going to be in the uh, studio with me and there's various other people in the Zoom room who pop in from time to time with comments and suggestions about the breweries that we talk about. Uh, without any further ado, let's get underway with today's episode. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 138 of The Cool Room, uh, entitled Dave and Dave and open brackets, maybe Dave, close brackets, Talk Sydney Breweries. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, David Griffiths. I'm going to be joined by my good friend, David Croft. Uh, he and I had a wonderful tour of some Sydney breweries when I was up there a week or so ago. Maybe another Dave will join us, uh, but we also have lurking in the background today, uh, also going by the name of Dave on Zoom, uh, but a number of other Daves who are good friends of the cool room. Uh, we have Michael Muggis Morgan, we have Shana Miller, and we have Shannon Giles all in the room with us. So they're going to chime in and out as we go along. Uh, even Mark Bolan, who's joining us in the room, uh, he might also jump on and ask some questions along the way, particularly if he changes his name to Dave. Uh, I had a ball when I was up in Sydney. We're going to talk uh, about about seven or eight venues that I got along to. And, you know, the conversation is going to be pretty positive all the way along. So are there things that we might like to see changed at each venue or little complaints? Yeah, absolutely. But um, I listen to so many wrestling podcasts where all they do is spend their time whinging about their love of wrestling uh, that I don't want this to turn into one of those ones. So we're going to find good things to say about each of the venues that we visited along the way. And there's lots of good things given, the, um, given how cool the venues that we attended were. So... Kicking, it's, isn't this, we've, we've clicked it, we waited half an hour to kick things off and now the room's filling up. So that's that's grouse. But um, Mr. David Croft, how are you, brother? Or I think I actually referred to you as Professor Croftington at the time. Professor Croftington, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not actually a real qualification, but we'll, we'll take it for now. Um, doing well. Um, and it was a great, uh, great day out the other weekend. Is Sydney drier now than when I left it? Because we should put that weekend into context. Uh, it is. Uh, we, we've had about three days of dry weather, um, but the 
clouds are still hanging around for some weird reason. And does that mean your ark has come to rest on top of a mountain somewhere? You've released the dove or the giant croft turkey or something, and it's come back with, you know, an olive branch or some KFC? Yeah, uh, yeah, it came to rest just, just outside my garage where I'm sitting here now and where all the <laughs> is. So it was actually uh, quite fortuitous, I, I have to admit. So, um, the the ark itself was a, uh, was, I think it was uh, one of the new uh, Sydney... Uh, well, the newer Sydney trains that head it, out west. It was. I mean, just, you know, sometimes this podcast is a bit of a historical document. It was incredibly wet when we were up in Sydney. Uh, my little son, Blake, and I were out on this little boat on the harbour doing a tour, and you could barely see where the rain stopped and where the harbour started, I reckon. It was just so heavy. Yeah, I was, uh, I was quite soggy by the time I got home after after walking back to the station in what could only be described as sideways torrential sideways I guess torrential sideways pour uh coming from multiple directions depending on uh which street I was crossing so. yeah absolutely right and it went on for four or five days as well perhaps longer I left after four or five days might be the best way of putting it perhaps it went on longer than that uh uh Actually, I think I think it came good uh, about three days after you went home. Uh, yeah. I, I brought the rain to Melbourne, but the less I tell my constituents that, probably the better. Um, we've got seven or eight great venues to talk about. Um, we had a ball at a number of them. And in true David Griffith style, I think the first of them that we're going to talk about, you know nothing about. So, um, but I did just want to give a shout out to the King's Cross Distillery, where I dropped in and had a very quick round of drinks uh, on one of my little uh, little shopping trips out from my hotel room. Yeah, um, you did send me a picture while you were there because I was a little concerned of where you're staying and whether there was anything close to, to find something worth drinking. But um, it, it looked like a pretty good venue. Um, it's not. The, uh, it's not the only recently uh, or recent uh, distillery that's opened in Sydney. They they seem to be popping up everywhere. So where are the uh, rest? Of, are they all the rest of them sort of out Merrickville way and so forth that we will talk about along the way, or is they? Um, yeah, yeah. Look, I, I, there's a there's a couple I'm aware of out out that way, um, but also Surrey Hills. Um, they, they they don't seem to be. Uh, they don't seem to be concentrating in one specific area like the breweries have tended to. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's, it'll be quite interesting to see what what comes of that, um, and and whether we'll get some whiskey to store it. Like. Well, a big shout out to the guys from uh, the King's Cross Distillery. They were very kind to me in terms of just talking me through their their uh, gins in particular. Really interesting. They all had a bit of personality behind them. They were all sort of King's Cross themed and um, a lot of thought had gone into them. But a bit like a whole lot of other venues that we've had on the podcast uh, over the last couple of years, these guys opened during COVID and, uh, you know, I just felt so much. They've, they've put all of their heart and energy into, a, uh, into opening a venue that they believe into uh, designing these drinks and then people couldn't get in for a bit. So um, a shout-out to them, and you never know, we might do something with them down the line. Um, maybe not with their naughtier cocktails, but just with some of the gins that they were making, which were pretty fun. 
So I escaped, uh, this is again before I caught up with Mr. Croft, I think what I went to the distillery on a Friday night and then on the Saturday afternoon, as the rain was really starting to properly cut them down, I went out to One Drop and I went out to uh, Slow Lane. But One Drop, um, Mr. Croft, what can you what can you tell listeners, particularly our overseas friends, about you know One Drop's place in the uh, in the halcyon uh, categories of Sydney breweries? <laughs> uh, One One Drop's down um, Botany Way, uh, and it's 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 a pretty good venue. It's fairly clear they put uh, and and I believe they're a distillery there now too. So uh, you can probably add those to your list of distilleries if you're collecting them. Um, they. They've put a lot of thought into the venue as an actual uh, place to go. Um, it's it's fairly clear the space has been well designed for for large crowds. Um, the brewery itself, uh, they're they're one of my possibly least favourite, given their love of uh, lactose additions and and wild crazy beers. But that's just a matter of taste, I guess. There was a lot of um, wild crazy there. I've got to say, there's no two ways about that. But yeah, the venue the venue itself is actually uh, it's actually really nice. Um, they pretty much always have a food truck uh, there. I've I've never popped in and not seen food. So there could have been a food truck there. It might have been washed away because quite literally, you know, I think it was a hundred <laughs> meters between one drop and uh, slow lane, and we almost drowned in that little period of time. Yeah, well, as long as uh, Captain Cook didn't turn up. Um, at, at the doorstep, I, I don't think it was that, was it? No, no, there was no, there were no Captain Cooks uh, that I saw. I had a Captain Cook out the front door, a uh, bit of rhyming slang for our overseas listeners, and uh, there was there was nothing to see on that front. But yeah. it was the Looney Prune Nitro Stout, uh, which I just sort of pictured Mr Croft was exactly the kind of beer that's not normally your shtick. Uh, but I've got to say, I reckon let's move on from one drop. Uh, A shout out to the guys who looked after us that day. They were having no fun whatsoever as a venue. I've got to say it reminded me of running some of the venues I've run in the past because they had a booking for a couple of hundred people coming in and all of their outdoor space had been genuinely destroyed by the rain and the wind and they had no idea. Uh, how they were going to deal with the hundreds of people who were coming in. And that's when I figured it was best for me just to fade gently out the front door and make my way around to Slow Lane. Um, Tell us the Slow Lane story. We've had them on the podcast before. Uh, Uh, Yeah, yeah. Slow Slow Lane's venue itself is actually um, literally just around the corner, as you said. It's maybe... 80 minute walk from one drop's door and um in a complete uh, opposite fashion uh you're basically talking about a bar that's been put inside the brewery uh you know, absolutely uh, right they're, they're dealing with a lot less space so and 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 you know whilst it's still a lovely venue to go to it, it's fairly clear that their their first and foremost thoughts of uh designing the place was 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 definitely as a brewery and a tap room secondary. Um, they they have a, a bucket ton of taps. I think it's something like 20 inside. And if they've got more than, I think, actually, I think it's 18. And if they've got more than that, then you'll find the bigger, boozier beers are actually in the cool room. The, the 
the reefer container out the front or the mini reefer container out the front that's their cool room and they will literally walk from behind the bar with a glass go out into the reefer and, and pour that beer for you it's um it's 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 quite a great spot and their beers are phenomenal um, um and look so. you you're you're right about the phenomenal beers but also i've got to say that you're right about the way that they serve the beers i think they had about 18 different ones on tap then they had a whole lot of other little bits and pieces that were in those sort of plastic key kegs uh, that they could more or less pump out, and that was things like the big Russian Imperials and the barley wines. Check the uh, Cool Room Shopify uh, if you're interested in those kinds of beers. We do still have a couple of those in there. Um, But the guys there were really lovely. Um, I think there were six customers in the venue at the time because it was just so ridiculously wet and they had three staff on and so it was just great to be able to sit down and talk to them and be able to point to individual bits in the brewery and to say so tell me what's that shiny thing for or what are you going to do with that bag of thing over there yeah they do um they do uh, on a sunday afternoon tend to have um some live music there um which is kind of a bit of a sunday afternoon chill session i've I've been there. I've, I've managed to get out there once on a Sunday, but um, it was quite a cruisy afternoon just sitting there. So. They're, they're such a fun brewery. They've got such a range of beers and they do that whole range so well. I think they were one of the big genuine discoveries for me uh, during lockdown in Melbourne um, because, you know, there are so few breweries that have such a wide range of beers and styles and manage to do all of that in their own way. So well. So where did where'd you end up going uh, after Slow Lane, or did you call it quits? Or oh no, that was very much there? calling it quits category. Uh, that was so we we're at one end of uh, Sydney's main airport, listening to all of the uh, the jets fire up their engines and try and get to take off. Um, you couldn't walk across the road without drowning. We literally got in an Uber and went back up the freeway, and you could feel that as the car went through different puddles, you could feel the driver having to sort of, uh, you know, fight the car. Um, I've, it was just so stupidly wet that night. Yeah, that, that sounds like uh, Sydney during a uh, torrential downfall. Uh, but I've got to say, the good thing from my point of view was I did grab myself a four-pack of the Alt beer up there, uh, just a style that I love and... Uh, that kept me company that night as we watched the uh, the rugby back in the room. Yeah, it's uh, it is a bit of a shame that the weather was so terrible because on a um, on a on a reasonably warmish day, uh, it's not too hard to actually jump a a bus down to down to there. Um, it runs down Botany Road. You can pick up one drop, uh, slow lane, catch the bus back up a little bit to Alexandra. Uh, there's the the new place that I think it's called the beer, the beer drop, the beer store, um, 42 taps a little bit further on that bus. Um, and, and none of these are an onerous walk from the bus stops. Um, uh, you can, you can hit up bracket and around the corner is two halves and, and the distillery. And you've got basically a, uh, a, a five, a five stop bit of a, uh, session. Uh, and if you're really keen, you can pick up that, bus instead of at redford station you can pick it up right out the front of atomic project 
um, in Redfern there as well. So, and at a sixth if you really want to. Now, so that that sort of brings to a conclusion my little personal couple of sort of drinks before we spent a pleasant Sunday afternoon together. Uh, Professor Croftington, you curated a uh, a visit to Merrickville. Um, for our overseas listeners in Norway and everywhere else, do you just want to sort of give a bit of an explanation as to where Merrickville is in Sydney and a bit of sort of the vibe that it's had over the years? Yeah, so Merrickville's um, kind of to the the southwest or what we call the inner west of, of Sydney. It's a little bit south of the CBD, but not not by too much. And, and ultimately, nobody actually knows... Uh, why all these breweries have just turned up there over the years um other than it's 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 very much an industrial area of what you'd call inner sydney and i guess it's kind of built for it um and and from sydney station you can you can ultimately uh now you can ultimately walk about a mile well, they call it the marrickville mile it's probably about two k's actually but uh <laughs> That's, uh, you know, a mile and a half. Let's let's say let's call it the Marigold <laughs> mile and a half. Uh, but yeah, um, you can you can now. Well, as of as of last weekend, who knows what happens next weekend? Um, you could literally hit. Uh, I I think it's actually ten different breweries now. Uh, when I counted them out, I I generally stick to five at a time. Hence <laughs> <laughs> hence the hence the previous comments on botany. And, yep. and 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 the bus down there is I, I generally like five five's a good number before it gets too crazy but um but uh, if you really want to you can do 10 and you can continue walking that direction to Newtown and you can pick up another three if you want to do 13 maybe yeah one of the things that really struck me <laughs> uh, was you know most of the inner city beer culture like as in the CBD it was so hard to get a decent beer. Um, there were no, I, maybe it was just me, but I really found it hard to find pubs or bars that are the equivalent of Melbourne uh, in terms of, you know, just that sort of spot where you could duck in and find a couple of interesting things. But I think it's also fair to say in reverse that um, in, there's nowhere in Melbourne where you would hit so many good pubs in such a tight area. Yeah, uh, Sydney, whilst it, it, it seems to the the actual general pub scene seems to have escaped the whole craft beer uh, revolution, I guess. Um, you, you, you are pushing to find uh, craft beer on at, at a pub that isn't specific to craft beer. Um, in saying that, we do, we do have quite a few you can get to. It's just if you're not in the, in the right spot, you might have to travel a little bit. Um, or, or, or pick where you're staying a little better next time, David. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely, there has been in in those areas where there is craft beer. It instead of instead of uh, other craft beer venues opening up where they're they're attempting to break the market in, um, it it seems like there's been an attraction to specific areas. Uh, to open yet another competing uh, venue, I guess. Um, it, it, it's, it's a very sort of different situation, whereas I, I, I know from travelling around Melbourne, um, the venues are quite nicely spaced out and, and you, you're not really struggling to find a decent beer. 
um, but there there definitely is is that feeling in Sydney that you have to go to a specific sort of area to be able to get it readily available. Now, Shana, who's joining us in the sort of the chat bit at the moment, says that she recalls a, an episode of Anthony Bourdain's Layover, great show and one of my great heroes. Um, and but he didn't visit any of those breweries. Is that is that right? Because I'm remembering visiting other bits and pieces, but if you were in that part of the world, it is the perfect spot for a, for a layover. And I've got to be said that the the, the theme of low flying planes from the airport uh, is absolutely going to dominate this because, by golly, that was a an afternoon of that kind of thing as well, wasn't it? I was going to say if we could add something there. David, um, yeah, well, I've only been to Wildflower the one time, but we were there with um, Topher, who runs the joint, and he basically said, every, every, Shane is doing the thing, uh, every time a f- plane flies over, you stop and have a drink. And it turned into sort of a game based on, upon that. Uh, look, you're absolutely right. And there was touches of that when we were at Wildflower and even more so, I think, at Mixtape, um, which felt like it must have had lights on top of the roof. Yeah, the the clouds were extremely low the day we were there, David, and those planes were flying a hell of a lot lower than uh, I've ever seen them walking through Maryville. It was, I've, I've, I've actually never seen the uh, the underside of a, of a plane at, close a uh, a distance before in my life to be honest um not a, not even in an area like like that it, they were they were flying very low in the spot. it was pretty hilarious and pretty fun but let's let's go through the venues that we visited uh professor croftington the first of which was batch we had you know it's now two years since we had batch on the show which sort of surprises me a bit but um why did you choose that as the first venue that we visited and um did you have some beers there that you particularly enjoyed? And 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 look, it's um, it's batch, so it's basically their fault that all these breweries are in uh, Marrickville. They they're pretty much the ones that started this, and and they're ultimately the first stop heading north from Sydenham Station, uh, when when you start walking off the off the train. So how, how could you not actually stop at Batch, who who effectively were the I guess the first brewery in that area to actually kick this off. Well, uh, at the, at that point, I mean, there there were other breweries up at St Peter's and what have you, but slightly different situation. So uh, the the West Coast IPA is always always the first beer I buy when I'm at Batch, um, and 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 I I I literally ask for it without looking at the board because it's almost always on. It's always fresh and it's always a cracking beer. Um, and and then I'll 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 peruse the rest of the menu whilst I'm drinking that. Absolutely, I mean I had a little tasting paddle there, which in, included favourites like Pash the Magic Dragon, which is just one of those beers that when you see it in a glass, the colour is just magnificent. Uh, and the uh, I can't remember, I think I can't remember if it was Elsie's other other. I think what it's been the Elsie Milk Stout, but again, just great beers. We're seeing far less of batch in Melbourne for, at the moment for some reason. I'm not 100 percent sure why. I, they could I? I'm, I'm not sure why either. Um, it could be because they're they're focusing expansion on bars in Sydney. They 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 now have a bar down at Darling Square, which for those people out of Sydney is just a 
a fancy name for the south side of Darling Harbour. Uh, it's it's very near Chinatown, actually. Um, they uh, they've they've uh, they've got their small batch or their their little batch. I can't remember what they call it. In at the, the what is it called the uh, the public house Petersham. There, it's actually not in that pub. It's actually a separate building that's in the car park out the back. So if you if you rock up uh, at that site and you walk into a pub and it doesn't have batch beers on, then you've picked the wrong wrong spot. Just go a little bit past. And 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 now the uh, the the recently acquired takeover of the Bucket Boys Bar is um, in Marrickville as well. So, yeah. so it, it's possible their their focus has been potentially online uh, over COVID and and possibly uh, an expansion of site. Well, they've got some great fun beers, so we do give them a shout out because we've um, we've always loved their beers. Go back and check out that episode if you'd like to learn more about Batch. I feel like when we were arriving at Batch, the uh, the light rain was starting to fall on a Saturday, sort of, you know, late morning, early afternoon. By the time we left Batch and went round to Hawks, it was starting to properly rain. It 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 was. Um, my my umbrella came out. Uh, you being a uh, a weather hardy uh, Melbourneian, um, felt like you could break the rain. A, well, uh, no, the 20, 20, 30 minute, meter walk around the corner. I think we'd, we'd, my son and I had bought two umbrellas the day before. Uh, his at this point in the, in the journey was still intact. Uh, I had left mine in the cab on the way to, uh, to one drop the day before. So I'd lost mine in the space of two and a half hours. <laughs> Nonetheless, we braved the walk around to Hawks, which was very nearby. Um, a shout out to those guys. We have a, a sort of an unofficial podcast with them. We sat down with the uh, with the owners and the brewers there and Anthony Albanese last year in an episode that you had to join live for that has never been recorded. Um, have you been there before, Mr. Croft, or was that a first time out for you? Uh, no, it's first time for me. And and to be honest, uh, the Hawk, uh, is it the Ledger Centre? I, I can't remember the exact title of the... Uh, yes, that, that is correct. It's the, the, it's the, the recrea- Recreation and Leisure Centre. Yeah, which I'm I, I I'm not entirely sure where the recreation or I, I I know exactly where the ledger comes from, but I'm I'm guessing the <laughs> recreation refers to uh, a drinking beer. I'm guessing, I, uh, but <laughs> I haven't actually been there. I have been wanting to go there, but uh, they're only open about three or four months, I think. And it was packed. I've got to say, I think out of all the venues that we went to all the way along in terms of the number of people they fit in there and the number of people who were there, it was packed and a shout out to them for actually letting us come in or at least sit on their veranda. Yeah. The, uh, the, um, the, the rest of the venues on this day, because naturally uh, when you're dealing with Queensland level torrential downpour, uh, people tend to not go out. So a lot of the other venues were very, 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 uh, spacious uh and you could plenty of room to swing a cat or 12 cats uh hawks was completely chockers when we turned up um it's when i say a hilarious venue i say that like with love like it was you know the the sort of the theme is all 1980s the food is all set out like it's a 1980s chinese restaurant and um even when you go into the toilets 
uh, you hear Richie Benno coming over the uh, the speakers from you know commentating on the cricket from the 1980s, and there's a bit of Red Door and a bit of Brute 33 uh, to, in the in the bathroom if you need a bit of a freshen up. Um, I thought they had their shtick down so pat it was yeah yeah the the only the only thing I I'd suggest is they they were lacking Old Spice and I I feel like Old Spice needs to be in that uh, in that bathroom as well. Just I, just for some of us that have um, fathers that were around then, and the smell of the eighties for me is old spice. Uh, one of the Daves in the room is asking about the succulent Chinese meal. I think we did very much enjoy a, a succulent Chinese meal, including lettuce leaves with the sen choy bao. Yeah, I, I I felt the need to splash out given uh, <laughs> given it was my first journey there after several months of wanting to go and. Uh, I I I I actually I was quite surprised that they weren't charging a little bit extra as a surcharge on the uh, on the on the lettuce leaves that came with the Sanjoy Bay. They were uh, they were very generous with supplying uh, lettuce leaves, so good on them. We we had a ball there for lunch, and the kids I think loved it as well. Um, my only little gripe, I said we weren't going to do gripey things. My only little gripe is that kids weren't allowed into the pool room where all of the Bob Hawk memorabilia is kept. Um, I would love it if they changed that, even if kids don't get to stay in that room, because they've got the jacket Hawkey was wearing for the Australia 2 win in the America's Cup and all of this other cool stuff. It would be awesome if they had that in there. Um, Mr Croft, after that, you took us to Stockade. Uh, yeah, look, Stockade is another massive walk. I think it's about 80 metres. It would have been, yeah, it, no uh, more than that. Uh, possibly 85 metres from Hawks. Uh, if, if you go the right way, I, I almost did us all wrong and went up the wrong street, and it was actually uh, a fellow Dave uh, from Melbourne that went, no, nah, pretty sure it's that street. Was uh, it just for old money? <laughs> was it just an old money? You just go in for old money, get it, and then go back out again? I, th- I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what we do every time. Go check if they have old money. <clears throat> No, no old money. All right, bye. Out. Well, no. I, I should say that poor Blake's umbrella came to grief in that eighty meters. So that was the last of the Melbourne umbrellas. That yeah, we, yeah. That the... and, and and we, I, I believe we left it um, sitting on top of a bin just in case somebody homeless might want to need even the smallest piece. Well, of, well in uh, Sydney they lock their bins apparently, so that you can't, you know, just put things in them. It wasn't an attempt at near dwellism, but. Um, so to the, first of all, the hilarious thing is that we walked into Stockade uh, and they said, would you like to meet? Would you like a tour of the cool room? And I said, absolutely. I do a podcast called The Cool Room. And that shot, that literally, they literally took a step back and went, wow. So exactly why they offered that to a complete stranger as they walked in, I have no idea. But thank you for the tour of The Cool Room. And um, they had some fun beers. I think they had probably about, 20 beers on tap does that sound about right mr croft yeah it's, it's probably about right um it, it, it's an equivalent number to slow lanes in inside tap i think the, it's eight eight to ten down the left side eight to ten down the right side the the ones on the right are are generally um limited release stuff from from that venue uh or limited release 
like things as 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 Dave uh, Muggus Morgan was uh, suggesting earlier was uh, that um, they would have your old money or your mountie or things like that on the right hand side, and you can either do you can either do a a basic paddle from the left hand side, or if you want to go up market, you can do a paddle from the right hand side, which I think is a great. It's a great thing to have. Um, the left hand side is generally core range, or other uh, relatively lighter um, limited releases from memory. Yeah, and I think from memory we uh, we both did a, a tasting paddle from both sides of the equation. Again, Stockade would be a brewery that we used to see a lot of in Melbourne, perhaps just when I was running my Canadian-themed uh, bar, but we used to always get the Mountie and stuff in. I've seen far less of them down here as well, but I don't know whether anyone in the room has reflections on that, but it just feels like there's a lot less of a push from those guys at the moment. I, I, I can't think of anything specific as to why they uh, might not be getting down there. Um, they they definitely with with the whole tribe move to Goulburn, I would expect to see more package stuff down in Melbourne than because yeah. Goulburn's a little bit closer to Melbourne than uh, oh, than Crofty, on, on that. I, I yeah. feel like the saturation, like since tribe, you know, in your Mornington had moved moved operations to Goulburn, I feel like they're a bit less Victorian centric now somehow. Mm-hmm. Especially now that Mornington is sort of a separate brand altogether. So I'm wondering whether that has something to do with them being sort of pulling out of a fair bit of... Um, uh, yeah, it could, it could be simply a scale thing. And, and they are there, but they're actually in a different um, sort of distribution model than they used to be, which is why you won't find them in your smaller venues. But you like, may you may see them pop up in larger venues. I mean, the odd thing was, you know, when Mornington was Mornington, you know, and, and based down here, it, it was quite common to see it almost in every bottle shop. Mm. Uh, and now it's like even where I am in, in Gippsland, you know, it, it's sort of not as wide and like that, that and they wouldn't have just had one beer it would have been a couple of different beers in the fridge so i'm wondering i mean I, you can only speculate what the, the reasoning behind that is but like that they've obviously got more scale now but that that mornington brand isn't as strong as it used to be yeah, it's really interesting it was just I can just remember, you know, always wandering around seeing the eight bit or something else on on tap. You know, we just seem to see far less of it now. Anyway, we had a we had a bonzer time there. That was one of those critical points uh, in any sort of you know brewery uh, visitation afternoon, uh, where we had to make a decision whether we were going to stay or go to the next venue. It was about four thirty on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and it's it's it it is a great venue. Um, you, you're basically sitting there amongst the barrels. Um, they they oddly have a brew house there, which I don't recall seeing the last time I was there, but it it could have been quite some time since I was there. So they and it was warm. Obviously brewing on site. But it not... was it was nice and warm. Yeah, and the the sound of the planes going over was not incredibly intense. It was kind of intense, but in retrospect, it was nothing to what we were going to experience as we went along. 
So, so I was I was very keen to get to Wildflower, and you, um, well, you were in complete agreement, as was my good friend, uh, Doctor Fishy from primary school, who joined us by this stage. Uh, gosh, that was a wet walk. Uh, it is, um, and and I had actually, uh, I had made a note when we got to Stockade to double check uh, Wildflower's closing times because I remembered they might not be open as late as other people, and. Um, I think it was a 6.30 closing time. So we figured we should probably, instead of continuing our very, very slow amble, because bear in mind at this point in time, I think we'd, we'd stretched about 200 metres from uh, Sydenham Station. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. <laughs> that that we, needed a, we needed to hoof it, the, I think it was 900, to a, a 900 metres to a kilometre to, to wildflower and get there to make sure we... we they, you know, just in case they decide to close early because nobody was out and about. As, uh, as the we'd, planes we'd got lower it. and lower, yeah. <laughs> so, so we 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 did, I think, possibly our longest walk at this point in time. Um, I've got to say, you know, Wildflower, you know, I've known and love what they produce, but I had no expectations about what the venue was like. Uh, it was turning down a little side street that I think, you know, was effectively full of panel beaters and maybe not even, you know, stuff like that. Walking up to the side of a barn door, um, opening that door, and what was inside was a revelation. It was a great-looking venue. It was my my favourite place to drink in for the day. That's There's no two ways about that. Yeah, it is, um, it is, it is quite a strange thing to see a barn in the middle of sydney um and what is what is not exactly very far from from uh planes and 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 skyscrapers in all honesty um although you know you can't it was exactly about 30 meters from planes i reckon by the sound yeah. of the you know going over the top I, th- I thought some of them were landing out front at some point in time but um it, it is it is quite a unique sort of space um almost perfectly suited i'm guessing that's uh where tofa was going when he he must have just jumped out of his skin when he he saw the place and went yes this is where i'm putting my brewery absolutely Uh, and 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 speaking of brewery up until now uh ultimately it's it's been a blendery and uh and an aging facility uh but it's it's only in the last couple of months i believe that he's actually installed a brew house uh I believe they used to get their work from just down the road at Batch, where Tofa had previously worked and has a good relationship with those guys. But um, they are actually brewing on site now, I believe, in a more manual way than you would expect um, breweries. He's gone full uh, dark ages, um, <laughs> and, and there is no automation, there is nothing, and he literally has gone for a hands-on brewing approach uh, to future batches. I'm, I'm pretty keen on seeing how that works out um, and whether it has an effect on the beer. It was a, a great space, uh, the, the look of the barrels, but, you know, you, it, that makes it sound industrial. I've got to say they had some really great dried flower arrangements, which are, you know, these are, these are something I thought I would never comment on as a, uh, as a beer podcaster. But the, the space was great. Um, their little baskets for pouring their uh, bottles, I think, were a challenge. Would you say, Mr. Croft? Uh, well, only because you guys made me go first, and I've never used one of these, uh, what they <laughs> call 
quote unquote lambic basket baskets. So, so I lamb, lambic bastards. But yeah, you bastard bastard. No, no I look. I I think I was mixing things up. I was calling you a bastard, but <laughs> uh, a lambic basket. Um, so I've never used one of these things, and 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 having zero uh, zero experience. Um, and it was fairly clear that uh, our friend that had joined us at, at Stockade had, oh, yes. had kind of had a half a thought and then pushed out. I went, screw it, I'll have a go, and tipped a bunch over the uh, over the barrel we were standing around. Uh, but so yeah. that's 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 why Doctor Fisher works in astrophysics. He's clearly brighter than you and me. I was, was going to say, I I, I I do believe he's an astrophysicist. So I I don't feel I don't actually feel lesser for being dumber than him. <laughs> no, I would. I, I've, I've always been in that category with him. So let's not worry about that for a moment. But some of the some of the beers that they have there. I mean, again, you know, for people who haven't encountered wildflower before. Do you just want to want to try and give a basic overview about what they what they make because it's it's pretty out there and amazing. Uh they they make um, they make local uh, locally sourced ingredient based um, wild beers. I guess uh, it's possibly the closest thing you'll you'll get to a, a quote unquote lambic. Um, not that we have the problems with calling things lambics here because. We don't have these kind of restrictions just yet, like we do with champagne. But uh, but but it, it may come. Um, who knows? Uh, the EU is a wonderful thing to add these things into your your trade agreements. But um, so uh, a lot of what Topher does is he he sources wild yeast locally. He sources local ingredients. He sources local. Everything's all about local, local, local. Um, it's 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 a then it's a then I guess blended um, and and aged and and it takes a a bit of time a bit of effort and a lot of patience and he's he's probably uh, whilst he's not the first to do something similar because two men at all were doing that I I think he 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 definitely has taken it to a a new level. Um, over, over what others have done. Um, that's not to say anything um, negative about uh, the uh, the other brewers in that sort of space in Australia. Um, they're, they're, they're definitely some phenomenally good ones um, in Victoria, Tasmania. And, yeah, they're, they're one of those breweries I would love to have on the podcast. The main reason why we don't uh, is because just the format that they normally work in is that, you know, that big wine-sized bottle uh, and we can't sort of do it. But... You know, if you if you haven't seen them, I guess if you're in Sydney, you probably have reasonably easy access to it. In Melbourne, uh, we see a bit of it going around. Uh, but if you're anywhere else, you know, my suggestion would be if you see one, grab it. Uh, Dave Muggis Morgan is saying they do cans. I wasn't. I don't think I was aware of that. Yeah, the uh, table the table beer is always in cans. Yeah, I don't think it's any, definitely the table beer and maybe some sort of. Uh, like different mixes of the the table beer, sort of. Um, but I've definitely seen uh, at least three different things. But I feel like they're they're all the table beers and variants. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I think I think ultimately it's the table B because that's the the one that they they I guess feel is is suited to cans. Um, also... the, other, the other ones are in bottles potentially for aging as well because you get you get a little more ox- oxygen ingress um, in in through. Into, into I dare bottle. say they might, because they were definitely trying to branch into lagers at one stage, and I feel like may have come across a lager. That that game. that might be interesting. I, I yeah, I, well, I'd like to have a crack at that. <laughs> I, I agree, and can I say we've been tossing around in the chat here in the Zoom room, you know, t-shirts that we could have out of tonight. Uh, I want a T-shirt that says, you know, experiencing oxygen ingress. That might be the one that I take home tonight. Yeah, okay. Well, um, I'll, I was trying to be correct, and I'll, I'll, no, probably, I get, I'll probably get picked up um, later down the line by somebody that I'm, I'm using the wrong term yet again. Uh, but, yeah, uh, definitely um, Wildflower, I think, is, is an option. Maybe you'll have to do a special event where people are willing to buy five bottles of fuel or something. Well, I, uh, I sort of and and uh, five bottles in a table beer might be a, a reasonable session. Well, I think it's also one of those ones that if we, you know, if we do the Shana uh, inspired cool room layover in Merrickville, that maybe is where we go and and really experience yeah. and and sit down yeah. and and go through a number of well, these. Maybe maybe we should just do a live one at at Wildflower next time you're up. Um, but also uh, definitely keep an eye out for Waratah Day. It's a um, it's a special event happens every year, uh, and it's if if you're ever in ever planning on coming to Sydney and going to Wildflower, it might be the weekend you want to come up um, and visit them for Waratah Day. Uh, when 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 that happens i i don't think there has been one since COVID, uh but i'm sure it will be back on the cards and and it's i i believe it's a charitable event uh, that they put does, on does it uh, coincide with a rugby union match by any chance i don't think it has anything to do given tofa's american i don't think he uh ha, he actually follows rugby union to be honest in fact, I'd, after last night, which just for people who are listening back in the future, was a, uh, a state of origin match. I'm surprised that anyone from New South Wales is willing to talk about any kind of rugby. To be honest, oh, it's it's fine. Um, it, it was a good it was a good game. Uh, we lost, and I hate rugby league. Except uh, my team's currently at the top of the competition, so go to Panthers. Uh, Waratah, the Waratah for those that don't actually know is the is the state flower for New South Wales, so hence the Waratah. Which I've got to say, my my ten year old son was very impressed by the Waratah plants that we saw. Thinks it's a great state flower. When I explained to him that the pink heath is the Victorian state flower, he declared that he'd never seen it before and had no idea what it was. Uh, and that's before I moved on to the notion that the leafy sea dragon is our uh, state aquatic thing. And um, the conversation went down from there. We even have a state fossil. Do you guys have a state fossil? I uh, look. I I I'm, I'm pretty sure John Howard's still alive. Yeah, uh, he's from New South Wales. <laughs> Probably getting there. Um, I think I'm pretty sure Gough Whitlam's dead. Otherwise, I'd throw him out there. But there's we we've got enough fossils up here in uh, New South Wales that we don't actually need uh, to basically pick one as our favourite. Someone other than me doing the political jokes. That's a rarity, but but a very welcome rarity. I, um, I, th- I, th- I thought that might be well received. 
we're, we're, we're rattling through things. The idea is to wrap this up in an hour. We've got about 10 minutes left um, of the recorded part of the podcast. Um, we went from uh, Wildflower over to visit the good people of Mixtape. Um, fair to say we'd gone beyond damp at this point. We were more or less drowning through the pores in our skin. Um, but they've got a really fun venue there. It was probably a bit later on a Sunday night, as in, you know, 7 o'clock or something by the time we got there. So probably not experiencing it at its very best. But a really fun lineup. And um, what do you know about that brewery and what they've got planned? Uh, look, uh, we, we did actually, um, we did kind of wander past uh, Mixtape on our rush to get to Wildflower before it closed. Uh, ultimately, uh, Mixtape's possibly... And, and as I said, unless something else has opened up since we were there, uh, is possibly our most recent brewery that has turned up in uh, Marrickville. And it's, it's, actually, um, it's actually the brainchild of the former owner of a, a great little dive bar venue in the CBD of Sydney that used to be called Spooning Goats. Until there was, and it used to be called Spooning Goats. That's what I thought you said. Uh, and and until somebody had an issue with that and they had to change the name to the SG because apparently spooning goats is offensive to people. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he had a long-running battle with that in, in the years that he was there. It was a great little venue. I think it was four taps. Uh, a great little cocktail bar. Lots of stuff. Star Wars uh, figurines and things like that. It's your classic kind of tiny little dive bar kind of setting, but was always always warm and welcoming. It had really old crappy op shop type couches and stuff you could just relax on, and 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 lines that are way too long because it's literally two people behind a bar and it's a cocktail bar. And if you want to be, you're going to have to wait half an hour for your beer. Tough shit, cocktail bar. That's that's how that's how that's how it goes in a cocktail bar. So uh, yeah, anyway, uh, so it, it closed up short. Well, it was due to close up shortly before the pandemic hit. So unfortunately, um, they uh, they closed up during the pandemic, uh, sadly. So we didn't get to really see them off too well. And then uh, two years later, uh, Jason has actually opened up this new venue called Mixtape in. In Marrickville, it's about a it's about a three hundred liter system, I believe. The bartender I was talking to told me. Um, I I thought it looked about two hundred, but three hundred. So it's it's possibly one of the smallest um, brew houses you'll you'll see these days because not a lot of people are are actually opening or going go, entering the industry with things like two hundred liter systems or or five hundred. Um, so it, it's quite a completely different feel from the other breweries because a yeah. few of the other ones are actually quite large from Australian standards, I guess. Uh, so it, it's kind of an opportunity to actually see what a smaller brew house looks like, I guess, now in that area. Um, and, and, and I think that's why I was pushing you to go. Also, because I like Jason and I want to support well, it was good fun. From memory, we had a we had a red IPA or a rye or something, but then but then we had a couple of um. <coughs> excuse me, that must be the Sydney COVID coming through. No, not true at all. 
then we had a couple of um a couple of canned beers, and um, it's fair to say that they have a really good array of um of beers that aren't their own on tap and in the fridge as well. Yeah. And some great um some great tables to sit at because he he carved he carved some of the um the sit down tables uh, rather than the sit up tables. So if anybody knows what that means, uh, ones that are low to the ground versus ones that you sit on, that you have to climb onto a stool. stool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, in into the shape of an old cassette tape, um, and yeah, it's it's really fascinating to sort of see, you know, the difference between Melbourne and Sydney in terms of little shops and little bars and all of those little laneways. Um, you know, I'm on Melbourne City Council, and so we often talk about those sorts of things. And it was just interesting to be up in that space again. It's been got to even be ten years since I've been to Sydney, to be honest. And just to sort of see that difference and to, to look and think about those sorts of things. Um, Professor Croftington, I think we might wrap up the recorded part of things here, but I just want to give another shout out to you for being a great host uh, in Sydney, uh, to myself, uh, but also to Dave Walls, to Jenna Franklin uh, and to Matt Whiting, who joined us that afternoon and uh, everyone who's been joining us tonight in the Zoom room, um, we're going to continue to drink our way through uh, various other fun packs that have come from the cool room in the past. I'm right now having a town beer, which I'm really enjoying. Uh, Crofty, you're on the uh, uh, King River, is that right? I'm I'm on a good local uh, Sydney brewery uh, in the, the high country of Victoria, um, King River <laughs> Doppelbock. So uh, we we love that award winning. Apparently, uh, yeah, yeah. Apparently, award award winning at the AIBAs, uh, and uh, it looks like Dave Muggis Morgan is also drinking the same. And um, Dave Muggis Morgan is wearing a Goodland jumper. We have some things to report on that once we've stopped recording. Uh, We're going to have an awesome lineup in the next few weeks uh, of live online masterclasses. We've got Black Arts coming on. We've got Prancing Pony coming on. A shout out to Pete for helping us to organise that. Uh, We have Noodle Doof organising to come on board. That's going to be part of the July pack. A a big shout out to our friend Michael for helping to organise that. And I think it's fair to say that August is going to be even bigger and better than any of the months we've had in a long time. We've got some live events, a bit of brewing going on, which is exciting, uh, and some great local and overseas uh, venues being a part of what we're doing. Make sure that you uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram so that you don't miss out on any of those things. And a big thank you to Mr Croftington, Professor Croftington, and everyone who's been live with us in the Zoom tonight. Woo, 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 woo.